0: Are for. Well, I did start recording. <laughs> oh, I cannot wait to talk about the music in this episode,
1: Maureen. And I know, I know what song you're going to be thinking of. And it's just, I, you, you've no idea how hard it was when I realized what episode it was. I was like, oh, I want to spoil this so bad. All I want to do is tell Maureen that this song is not that episode. <laughs> it is. It Sorry, is. All right, we'll hold on that. It's we'll hold ma- on. It's movie magic. It's movie. It's, abs- it's perfect. And I have a lot to say about that scene.
0: I can't wait. Okay, so I should probably do our intro now that we're recording.
1: Sorry, right, my hair is.
0: Jonathan Taylor
1: Thomas vibes over no, it's, here. It's, okay. It's, it's roof stoof. If you had a It gra- looks like Jonathan. an old timey farmer. Yeah. <laughs> Like, if I didn't have a backwards hat on, it would be like, um, I don't know, something when hats are described as barrels, something like that. When hats are described as barrels. I take it off and I'm like, Miss Joanne, Miss Joanne, do you need any help on the farm today? And then she's like, Now, Thomas, you look positively drenched with sweat. And then we have, anyway, are we recording? We are. <laughs> Um, Well, we're back!
0: (laughs) And just like the theme of this episode, that situation
1: did make me horny. (laughs) Oh, baby! I know, it's kind of like a holes fantasy, but like two lesbians.
0: (laughs) A holes fantasy? Okay. Thanks. Okay. This is Maureen and Gina, and you're listening to Room 47, a podcast where we discuss the early 2000s cult classic, Alias. Hi, Gina. Hi, Maureen.
1: You ready to do this recap? (sighs) Yeah. Let's feel it. All right. All right. So immediately it's like episode opens and now there's this like Nickelodeon slime kind of looking thing. Like it's like an acid destroying the box. That that's and so Sydney and Anna have to memorize this binary code. Is that what it's called? Binary code?
0: 01001. I was like, oh my god. Zero one
1: zero 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 one. And then I don't what was was Anna speaking Russian, I think? Was she? Yeah, it's something like that. So they're doing all this. They're memorizing the codes, and they both clearly do. And then they both sort of like jump up, and there was an incredible exchange, which to me—and I don't know if you felt this way, Maureen—I was made me positively horny. How
0: about probably. you? Do you agree?
1: Probably depends. Depends what it is, but the answer is probably. Okay, so they jump up, and I forget who says it. Oh, Anna goes, "Did you get it?" And Sydney goes, "Did you?" And they just kind of, like, stare at each other and smirk. And then they just run away from each other.
0: I know. I did, like, even though I feel that they are romantically involved, I did just sort of, like, for the bit of it, kind of wish that one of them just, like, shoved the other one before they ran away. Like, and then
1: kind of. Oh, yeah. That would have been better. So then we're back in, in L.A. We're back at work. Um and Sloan is talking about Rambaldi with this new guy named Russick. And the reason I bring him up is because he does become important throughout the season. So we meet Russick as this very, you know, random, arbitrary character. Um, and they all find out that um, they went to the wrong place. So this whole intro and the whole ending of the previous episode become completely irrelevant. Besides the fact that they have the coats. So now... Sydney has to go to Malaga, Spain, to a church to receive something called um, the the golden sun or something like that. Mm. And then again, we have Sydney facing off with Anna in the church. Oh.
0: And when she jumps down from yes. the sun, and Anna's like yes. Yes. behind her, I was like, yep.
1: yeah. So like, so Sydney jumps down, and she's all like confident and she has like this aggressive eyeliner on and the, like you know like the middle part like now a minute like a high song <laughs> and she's like jumps down like Maureen said and she's like all, all excited and then Anna's right behind her and then they have this like very hot <laughs> they have an incredibly homoerotic fight and I know throughout the canon of room 47 we say the word homoerotic a lot um, I think I do because every time I say it, I flash back to a previous episode of ours, so I must be saying it a lot. You're not saying it; we're definitely both thinking it. So exactly. So they have this fight, and Anna go, um, yeah, I- go ahead
0: come, and I was like, okay,
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so like the golden sun is this piece of stained glass. So they're fighting over this stained glass, um, and it's they a have this like thing to fight over. By the way, I know it's like, come on, girls. <laughs> and this, in my notes, this says a homoerotic smackdown, which feels correct. I don't remember writing that, but it feels correct. It does feel correct. And Anna has a gun, so it's obviously like the fight is skewed in one direction. Um, and so they fight, and they're like flipping around like the, the the church and the pews, and they're like, according to my notes, uh, they're using their environment. Okay, props. Okay, props. Okay, acting. Okay. Okay. Pr- okay. Practicals. Also like we could unpack this
0: to be that they're the candle burns with their they're literally wrestling with their sexuality versus you know their faith
1: we're it completely projecting
0: art. but <laughs> I know it is it's actually art and that's actually <laughs> jj Abrams. he tweeted yeah. me and he told me that
1: yeah that, that's so true we definitely don't have any catholic guilt no um but there was also like a candle burns situation like so sydney burned oh god i can't This next part, Sydney literally distracts Anna with burning her with hot candle wax enough to handcuff her to a pew with the cuffs, to which I said in my notes, I need a cigarette. And I was smoking a bowl at the time. (laughs) (laughs) I need a cigarette. The last time I smoked a cigarette was like eight years ago.
0: So that you said I need a cigarette because my notes say yes babe handcuff her to the altar wrong there's a joke here gimme a sec so
1: <laughs> <laughs> the creative looking inside the creative process is absolutely incredible it's gorgeous but it was really great and like Sydney then saunters away and she gets the golden sun so now we we're back again in LA and Francie wants to spy on Charlie cuz she thinks that Charlie is cheating on her and there's like this funny moment where Sydney, where uh, Francie is like, "What does she say, Maureen?"
0: Yeah, when she, because she thinks that Charlie is cheating on her, she asks Sydney, "Have you ever spied on someone?" And Jennifer Gardner has a little tiny noodle dangling <laughs> as she's like slowly slurps it. I'm like, okay, acting, acting. Like we said, use your
1: environment, props, practicals, oh, and documents, etc. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they had this like little moment. So, you know, we're getting our like BC story set up and like again, like making us connected to Sydney, then connected to her friends and like world building, which we love. Hashtag screenwriting. <sighs> we then go back to SD6 and we meet some guy named McCullough who is this the psyche valve guy that is like um basically make sure that people are not double agents i guess or making sure they're safe but it's super weird because like he's kind of a creepy guy and that's when they agree that's when sydney runs into jack i have to go to mccullough and then they agree to have dinner together reluctantly i'm sorry before we get to that sorry i'm talking too fast
0: we have to talk about sarah shy we have to talk about Sarah Oh, Sh-
1: yeah. You know what? I cut – I literally cut out all that from my notes, and that's probably why I skipped over it.
0: Yeah. And honestly, that is violence. That's violence against and <laughs> listeners because to see Sarah Shy in anything – I mean, so Sarah Shy played Carmen on The L Word for those non-lesbian listeners slash people with bad taste who like <laughs> – like I do – but whenever I see her in anything, instantly I'm like, oh my fucking God. And in that scene with Brad, which is what I'm calling him from now on, mm-hmm. she says, if you want me to do something for you, you say please. And I was like, okay, I know my notes are all horny themed, but holy fucking shit, I'm like a slug with a little slime trail. Like that is un-disgusting. That's, un- disgusting. <laughs> That's <laughs> awful. <laughs> We go right from horny, <laughs> horny, horny Sarah Shy, whose name is what in this show?
1: Oh, my God. I just had what a fucking...
0: um. Oh, Jenny. Jenny, uh, unfortunately. How can we forget? How could we forget? Yeah, so I go from horny Sarah Shy playing Jenny to another really horny scene with Sydney and her dad.
1: Yeah, and they have this thing, they have this little scene where she's like, there's just so much tension and she just wants to ask him to go out to dinner like it's her dad (laughs) It's so weird and like he he sets it up like he he's already standoffish at the idea so to be honest what happens at the end of the episode i don't know why she didn't see it coming she's a spy maybe she like us is distracted by her
0: horniness
1: for her father
0: yeah, they, she seems incredibly horny for him. It's
1: disgusting. It is disgusting. <laughs> I mean, it's horrible. So anyway, they agree. They agree to have dinner together, even though he is reluctant about it. Um,
0: In episode four of season one of Alias, they fix their relationship and they never have any more problems ever exactly, again. Exactly, exactly.
1: Um, and then there's just sort of general, like uh, Marshall doing his tech stuff. Uh, he uh, discusses tech and introduces the uh, ugliest purse ever made.
0: Maureen, is, I am not exaggerating. That is literally what I wrote down. Because it is. It is not a matter of opinion. It's a matter of fact. That's the <laughs> ugliest I've ever seen in my life.
1: So I, I agree. So I have that, you know, they're, they're getting up, set up to go to Morocco. Her, her and Dixon to meet up with like an old friend to do all of this like um, spy shit, of course. And I literally have Morocco. Her name is Kate Jones. The ugliest purse I have ever fucking seen, puka shells. (laughs) And I said it may win for the most terrifying early aughts fashion moment. Puka shells are violent. It is so funny to me that you just said that because I think that we should start a
0: new segment on this pod where each episode we decide which ugly fucking early aughts fashion choice deserves its own Emmy. It's going to be puka shells for me. The purse is is definitely a winner, but the oh my God. bandana she wears later on, the crocheted bandana. I have so many notes about this outfit.
1: It's a run, it's given that purse a real run for its money. It's tough. Sydney had like a genuine look of um oh, he did such a good job on her face with this stupid fucking purse. I it, it infuriates when I think about this purse I get mad. <laughs> it's so bad, dude. It's like I think about- and the fact that I know my mom would have bought one for me. Listen, I have had
0: some really, really ugly purses in my life. My ex-stepdad used to buy me Ed Hardy purses from China. That's my psychotic. my grandma would only ever buy me presents from Kohl's or the English town flea market. So mm. I know an ugly person I Oh see- the
1: one in the giant parking lot, like on the way to Pete Nelda's? Oh yes. Oh my god. Inside baseball. <laughs> If you ever wanted, like, an off-brand
0: Mets hat or, like, a calendar from the wrong year or, like, a toy that uses a lot of batteries, mm-hmm. the flea market was the place to go.
1: That's great. I- and I'm- I bet you that's where Marshall got that goddamn stupid fucking purse. I think it is. I think that is where he got it. <laughs> um, so after the, the the purse debacle, which we I can't talk about anymore, city um, uh, and Vaughn Actually, meet at this car wash to discuss the counter mission and they have this like really weird personal talk right
0: yeah it was very intimate hey you know what i also wanted to ask you i love vaughn's little hair flip so much that i do feel that she should get her own name what should we name her vaughn's hair
1: flip it's weird because like i associate that hairstyle with my older brother so Uh. i might be a little too close to home with this one i would just call it the frank (laughs) Um, unfortunately, like, Jean Frank Pierre?
0: Is too- it's, <laughs> <laughs> you know, my note for Frank B, it's masculine of a name. So actually Jean Pierre is great. That's its name now. And we can't take it back and there's no, editing. um,
1: and I don't know how to edit this podcast. So that's It looks for- like a haircut you would get at like a salon in West Hollywood in the early 2000s. By, like, a really gay French guy. Absolutely. And
0: now, from now on, for the rest of these podcast episodes, I will only refer to Vaughn Slip. Vaughn, whose name I just... (laughs) It's been weeks, months even.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Okay. Jean-Pierre, by by way of Vaughn's mouth, says... You thought I was married this whole time? I was like, okay, so. What does that mean? Yeah, He clearly has been reading this relationship as more romantic than she has. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, he's super like emotionally invested in her and like, who could could blame him? Do you want to describe her outfit? Because I have a ton of notes on it, but you go for it. I I need you to describe it. So what, what Maureen is referencing is our first sort of Luke of the episode. Our first wig of the episode, if you can believe it. Um, so Sydney and Dixon meet up in Morocco with like an old friend of theirs, um, which is my favorite trope in TV where it's like random new, very important character for one episode. That's not suspicious at all. Yeah, and you know definitely what's coming.
0: Gonna die. Yeah,
1: <laughs> you know it's coming. Um, and so again, we are faced with ugly purse, who is a plague on my life. A plague, a plague on all of us. And so Sydney is in this like fully it the whole outfit is lime green, but she has an orange wig and then pink, tiny, stupid little Kardashian sunglasses. <laughs> like and she, and she has a pip the, she has a pippy long stocking wig. It's the only way yeah. I can explain it. It's comically orange. It's Allie from Star is Born. It ah! is Allie. <laughs> <laughs> right, I have to do it. Um, you know what, I I Maureen? I literally wrote, "This outfit is batshit crazy." That outfit is batshit bat crazy. Shit crazy,
0: however, that wig—I'm gonna say—is the wig of the week.
1: Why is it the wig of the week
0: for you? Um, Thank you so much for asking. For me, the wig itself, I think Coco Chanel said this, but the wig itself is only as good as its tacky crocheted accessories. And I personally feel like that outfit was so ugly that I was like, there's no way that she'll be wearing an uglier outfit in this episode, right? Turns out. <laughs> yep, she will. But it's so the bad. double braids is giving me Gretchen is giving me playful adult um
1: hello (laughs) hello Maureen oh my god is that you hi oh Maureen you're talking about me on the podcast oh my
0: god um this is huge (laughs) okay we can end that bit now (laughs) bye Gretchen oh she's flying away Alvie to Saint Maureen, love from Australia. Good time in Australia. I can't believe you just put your
1: arms out to fly. Yeah, podcasting is a visual medium. I have in my notes uh, that my mama non crocheted all that outfit <clears throat> for her. And also, why the fuck is she wearing that schmata of an outfit with pink glasses, the belt three question marks? <laughs> Can we ta- I don't know what any of that means, but I agree, I agree with her. With her. Me. <laughs> i don't i don't know what that means but i do agree
0: with her and here's my question and i do want to talk about the other outfit later in the pod but as a spy don't you want to kind of be incognito maybe mm-hmm. you don't need to wear 70 different lime green shades and a fucking crocheted bandana how is that outfit helping her at all and that speaking of this is a good segue into my next mm-hmm. question for you, which is, as a nerd, as as the nerd of the pod, I have a question. Thank you. Is this how spies work? Like, see, so Sydney is always, like, out in what I would describe as, like, the front of the house, mm-hmm. to use language that I understand, but she's always, like, out in the field running and jumping and wrestling with Anna, huh? okay? Um <laughs> and her partner is always like behind the scenes. Is that how spies work in real life?
1: Yeah. Okay. Maybe not. I'm famously not a spy. However, I have watched a lot of spy, spy content, and I can say that's kind of it. That, but that, it is in, but Alias takes it to that level of camp that I absolutely adore. Yeah, same. Because there's no way a spy would be like, let's pick these two colors that are only ever on the irish flag (laughs) and make an outfit out of that (laughs) with pink accented and okay this is another thing and again i'm sorry to bring her up but puka shells the purse is red and black with the puka shells just fucking glued on them like me in my terrible macaroni art like that's what it looks like I just, I just feel like I need to talk to the person who worked on Wardrobe for that episode. I'm going to write a letter. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to write a strongly worded email. Oops. So basically, like, once we got past the aesthetics, now it's like the thick of the scene, and the bodyguard that is there that's protecting the target that Dixon and Sydney are trying to spy on recognizes Sydney because he broke her arm in some pre-show incident. And he has a giant fucking head. And I thought I had a giant fucking head. What were you going to say? Sorry, go ahead. No, I said he literally has a, like a brick head. He literally it's yeah. like a brick. A thousand percent. He has a giant brick head. And like she kicks his ass ba- eventually. Mm-hmm. I legit gasped when they made eye contact
0: though. And I've, I saw this episode before. And in my rewatch, I was like, oh my
1: God. <laughs> I love that. It was so funny. But she eventually like, Kicks the shit out of them. And at that point, everyone's like, go, go, go. We got to get out of here. And then, unfortunately, what we knew would happen happened. But, but- and her friend died and she had blood on her hands. And it's really, um, really sad. And she's super upset. Yeah. Um, anything else about the mission that you want to talk about?
0: Yes. I want to talk about before she finds her dead friend, when she says to those two other white tourists, you wanna charge me fifty dollars. That's too much. <laughs> and you can see here in my notes, I just started smashing the keyboard. <laughs> it was the delivery is great yeah, too. <laughs> funny. She's such a good comedic actress as well. she really is. She carries the show. She really does. She carries it on her tiny little shoulders. Her muscular shoulders. sorry, Jen. Oh, right. Yeah. Put some respect.
1: Um, so post mission, we're back in Los Angeles. Yeah,
0: and then Brad is here to annoy me again. I just feel like Yeah, you know. I know I talked about this the last time when we talked about Brad and like the Americans, but that is exactly who he is to me now. And I can't unsee it. He's so Mm -hmm. annoying. I'm like, stop digging around. You're making
1: things worse. He really is. And he has this brilliant, stupid ass idea that the only way that Sydney and him can get over the awkwardness of kissing each other is to kiss her again with what has to be the most awkward kissing scene I've ever seen, but it works because it's like, oh girl, there ain't nothing between them. Yeah, I'm- and he really thought there was. He was really hoping for it. Okay, now Maureen, what we we're go. about to gear up to. And here we go, Gina. Is my f- I think one of now Canon Availius in the twenty whatever years it's been on TV is probably one of the most famous scenes. Like if you go on like a deep dive on YouTube and they have like ten top Sydney and Vaughn moments, that's probably like top three. And I remember watching those videos when I was in like high school probably. Um, but it's like a very important moment. But uh, so Jack, Literally. so Sydney is Sydney is at dinner. But so I'm just setting the scene before we talk about so Sydney is at dinner. We don't even get a single breath. And then all of a sudden we hear, bow wow, wow, <laughs> which Morning. What song starts to play? In the arms of an angel shook me to my core. I I have a lot to say. I this might take a while.
0: Literally. Oh my god. Also, I'm sorry. In the arms of an angel, dead mm-hmm. club stand up. That
1: let's go for us <laughs> all day, all day. Um, what I love most is like that song was old. Yeah at that point Mm -hmm. i'm pretty sure that came out in 1997 i'm not sure but if you you want to fact check me in mid pod and you want to create that kind of drama let's go for it you just put your (laughs) you 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 just you held your hand to your earbud like like you were like "Uh uh-huh uh-huh the queen is coming that's what it was like (laughs) um what year is it 1997. Holy shit. 19 Okay, that's fucking Okay, first of all, you're welcome. My big stupid ass brain. Okay, literally photographic memory queen? I kind of do. Um so they they made a choice in I would say summer 2000 or whenever they filmed this <laughs> to pick a song that was 3 years old and had been beaten to the ground mm-hmm. as far as like being played. Do you think this is before or after
0: <laughs> those ASPCA commercials.
1: Oh, no, this is way before. That's why it's even funnier now because that song is truly like, <laughs> it's, it's been stripped from her. <laughs> it's absolutely iconic. It, it has become, uh, become autonomous from her. Yeah. It's wild. Okay, so basically like this scene starts, song starts to play. And it sucks because like, it for me, it takes away from a really beautiful scene in a really well-written scene as far as, like, character development and, their rela- and the relationship between Sydney and Vaughn and their connection. But as soon as you start to hear the song again, you're like, I just started laughing. I couldn't help it. I will say,
0: even before she started sobbing on the pier, when she was just quietly crying alone at the restaurant, as much as I was laughing, I also was
1: still moved. I was like... <laughs> He's in. Yes. The car. he's in the car. <laughs> I know. So basically, you know, she, she has that moment in the car, like like Maureen said that's like despite the song. By the way, I also killed the impression of that song. We can we can again, but the part of the song that goes "bow wow wow" <laughs> it happens, I swear. I can't do it because I'm not a musician, but This is just like episode <laughs> over again (laughs) 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 anyway okay so um where we scream and sing at each other i know but it's working It's, it's helping me relax um so sydney is like sitting there like so jack is in the car and he's he sees that he's breaking his daughter's heart and he does nothing about it and so basically like Sydney had reached a breaking point in the narrative of that episode and the season so far because like, people just keep fucking dying and she's starting to get really angry. She just has all this anger inside of her and she doesn't know where to redirect it. So she, with arms of the angel blasting in the background, meets with Vaughn at like a Santa Monica pier at night and they have this really intense conversation about um, grief and anger and all these things. But...
0: and actress star, yeah, Jennifer yeah. Louise Gardner.
1: Yeah, I don't know if that phrase is copyrighted, but she's a star and actress. Yeah, star and actress. So I, li- so I literally have here that like we really couldn't have paid for like a better, more nostalgic or insane song. Mm. So I'm like really like it really upped the campiness for me if if that works. Like I, I just I, I laugh so hard. It is, so- but it's actually really heartbreaking, and their acting is so good in that scene. Yeah. So, again, like, because it's Jennifer Garner, it works.
0: Yeah, and I, I will say, of course, you know, Vaughn and Jean-Pierre oh, wait, wait, wait. are doing great. You know, they're both totally holding their own, but you just, like, everyone next to Jennifer Garner feels just like, why did you even come to
1: work? You know what I mean? Yeah, she really is a level – except, I mean, her and Victor Garber, those scenes are – and then uh, the ones with um Ron Rifkin because they're all like Broadway actors not to shade the um alias cast by any means no no but I know what you mean like there are levels to the scenes and like yeah it's so good I literally have like she's an amazing actress joke she is an amazing actress jokes aside like this is one of my favorite scenes and it is yeah and I love it because again there is levity because she just like throws her fucking beeper and and Vaughn says something really funny where he was just like, to break the tension, you just threw your beeper in the Pacific. And it's just like a cute little funny moment it is. to like laugh away the pain. And it does bring us to any whole, oh, wait, 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 there's one more point. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. There's one more thing that I love is he puts her his hand on her hand. I just I really appreciate that gesture in film because I feel like it says a lot because like someone touching your hand is super intimate and weird. Like, someone did that to me once on a first date, and I was like, this is psycho. I'm just going to keep getting to know you for months. (laughs) So, I don't know. It's a really beautiful scene, and the song is hilarious. It's sort of the gist of it. And it does bring me to
0: my favorite segment. And now, one line from Alias. What was your favorite line? It's this one. And it's a doozy, so I'm really going to get in the headspace, you know? Okay. Okay. I had his blood on my hands. I feel like I'm losing my mind. I don't even know who I am anymore or what I'm doing or why I'm doing it. <gasps> that was me throwing my beeper. That
1: was so, so good. <laughs> what What the viewers can't see is I had my hands over my mouth the whole time. <laughs> Thank you. It is like... You really, you really nailed down the Jennifer Garner like shiver cry. I love the shiver cry because it—that is how people cry and in- shiver cry and sweater acting. Yes.
0: Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. Or steering wheel acting is a fave. Steering wheel acting is a, a really big fave for me for sure.
1: Um. Yes. I. Uh, so I have. A random fun fact, but it's not our fun fact segment. It's one for you in the audience. Oh, perfect. About me? <laughs> of course, yes. So there was a time, um, and I, freshman, you start
0: that my favorite fun facts are about you.
1: Oh, oh go on. That's very sweet. <laughs> um, I don't know what to say. <laughs> Hello, Gretchen. Not no, now. chin, Sorry. No. Go ahead. Not now. Not now. Can someone get her? So. In I would say in about ninth grade was when like the, you know like your adolescent depression kicks in in high school like that phase you're like fourteen you're like I want to fucking die and like you just want to die for ten years mm. you know that phase, <laughs> so I would get kind of like stressed out and the only way I knew how to not be stressed was to write or to sing, so oh my god I've never told anybody this, oh, this I line. used to record covers of me singing Sarah McLaughlin on my Nokia flip phone that had alias as the background image. So sit with that. It's a lot to unpack. It's a lot to unpack. I understand that. Um, that, yeah, wow. And I have not been able to have a meaningful relationship my whole life. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Honestly,
0: like I, I genuinely don't know what to say because yeah. I've never wanted anything more in my life than that Nokia phone. It's, it's. I threw it out when I moved to Philly. It's gone. <laughs> Anywho. Anywho. So actually, um, if you guys sign up on our Patreon, Gina will do full <laughs> covers of her singing different.
1: I almost said Sarah Bareilles songs. Sarah McLachlan songs. Well, that was my drive to community college. Yes, Paramore and Sarah. Nineteen-year-old <laughs> Gina is a whole other story. A really good singer. Like you can really hold like a um, like. A- I. I have been told that. Yeah. My Like, you and our dear friend Saad, two incredibly good singers, have literally said, Gina, you're actually not that bad. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, oh, thank good. you. Good. I sang in, I mean, unfortunately, there is video proof of me somewhere out there that I sang about recycling at a fourth grade um, Arbor Day uh, show. And then also twice a year um, about uh, Shalom and Hanukkah and Christmas and lighting candles around the world. So that's beautiful. It's out there. It's out there. I um, need it. So but you're a performer. Like you can act. You're actually like, that's your thing. You're very good at that. Thanks. I'm not. I, you know,
0: I'm kind of a hermit. I think you're a good singer. And if any of the listeners can find me footage of Gina singing about, re- they're not the fourth grade. Um, I know the lyrics still. I'll send you a full, whole pick of my ass. I will send
1: you. Whatever you want. If you don't, That's won't work. send you. That. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're sort of coming up to the end of the episode. Now spins back to SD6, and now uh, Sydney and Dixon have to go back out, and now they have to protect this guy who is um, the head of the United Commerce Organization. And there's this person trying to, basically, there's this Peace Prize winner, and there's this guy named Jacques Noe who. Wants to blow this guy Patel up because he's trying to be a peacemaker. So it's just like your classic alias terrorist episode that is somehow classic. involved with Rembaldi. Jacques, no. Jacques No, yeah, Jacques No and Jean Pierre go to the same cafe. They do. So Aww. Sydney and Dixon have to go to Sao Paulo. Um, and Sydney to this to me is a real like sneaky winner for like look of the episode is she has the classic half down, half up, early knots, bump it look. And that to me that to me I was triggering and enjoyable. Truly was so distracted. So like the early aughts fashion,
0: I mean, we've already destroyed
1: mm-hmm. don't, don't on other episodes. bring up the puka shells.
0: And this one, but oh my fucking God, is this the worst outfit I've ever seen on Alias? I'm obsessed with this outfit choice because it is A, Inappropriate for where they are. Everyone else around her is in like full Gold suits. leather pants. Gold leather pants. It is also B not incredibly discreet. discreet And it's covered in mirrors. Literally, she she's wearing something my mom would make me wear. Shout out, Sandra. There it's it is shout out Sandra, um, friend of the pod. Um Never gonna hear this. But oh, you know you don't know, but uh it is like I feel like if you Googled most noticeable outfit, this would come up. It's crazy. And it's also me, a fake tan and the worst lip gloss I've ever yeah. seen. It's it,
1: it. She has, so, like, a really bad tan, and then she has, like, that almost white lip gloss.
0: It, it yeah. look, her lips look yeah. like a
1: butthole. A cummy butthole. Butthole so yeah. much on this episode. Oh, I didn't start it.
0: But title of that, butthole. To me,
1: So so basically what they have to do in this scene is they have to figure out how – Jacques Noe is going to kill uh, Patel, and then they realize in the scene that it's they that um, Jacques Noe's like shitty little friends put something in Patel's drink. That's why he passes out. I love that you called them his shitty little friends. <laughs> they are um, <laughs> <his> <laughs> little friends. shitty little friends. Um, <laughs> and so Sydney has to retrieve the glass so Dixon can figure out what was put in it, so they can start putting two and two together um so Cindy does this thing and again this is a visual medium but sh- the way she like like eases into getting the glass which is, she's just like oh my god oh no what happened she's just kind of like looking around like oh so crazy wow and she just grabs the glass I was like, that, that was bad is my outfit fucking blind <laughs> like, what, why do you think no one's gonna notice the hottest shit woman with incredible gold pants <laughs> Literally dressed in mirrors. It's amazing. (laughs) It's really, really good. Um, And so she gets the glass and they figure out that Patel has been, like, drugged. But they don't know, like, what, to what end. You know? So Sydney's like, I thought, like, Dixon, I've got this. And she jumps (laughs) on a fucking motorcycle. And she rides that motorcycle all the way to this, like, crazy... Uh, Brazilian warehouse um, but I really I just want to go back for a second Is Sydney does not uh, drive enough motorcycles on this show I would like to see that more I thought mm-hmm. she looked great <laughs> uh, Of so, okay so she's on the motorcycle she gets the warehouse and it's being intercut with Will at work finding out that Danny um, wasn't on the plane was going on a plane on a trip with someone that wasn't Sydney so this is just setting up the next episode but it's important to know that going forward. Anyway, that scene, yeah, Kate Jones again. Mark, question mark? Question mark? mark. mark. That's the second time we've heard that name in this episode. Dum dum dum. Um, but that scene and the anger I felt with Will once again, like not listening to Sydney's wishes, was it reminded me of the scene from The Sopranos, <laughs> where one of the mobster's wives, who's sort of like Carmela's best friend. Someone asked her some question at lunch and she goes, fucking nosy Ichimena got. (laughs) And that's how I felt when I saw him (laughs) on the fucking phone, not doing what his friend said. I was like, fucking nosy Ichimena got. I just said it out loud by myself. My gosh. (laughs) And it's one of my favorite moments from The Sopranos. And it just, it made me laugh. That was more for me, if anything. (laughs) Fucking nosy. Nosy so basically though the end of the episode ends and sydney sees that um they're putting a bomb inside the chest cavity of patel the world peacekeeper and then that the episode ends and sydney's sort of like spider-man hovering over the scene being like oh what am i gonna do and she's got she's got this tiny tiny little binocular tiny little binocular i love that binocular Sort of like a like a long comical
0: fork. Yeah, or like a French cigarette. Ah, wait, 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 wait. Jean-Pierre.
1: Wait, 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 wait. Jean-Pierre. Yeah, and then that's the end of the episode. Yay. We did it. Um Yeah. It's a, I, I it's a very much a filler episode, but we love it. We do.
0: Um Gina, would you like to move us into your favorite segment and possibly my least favorite segment?
1: Mm-hmm. Welcome to Gina's fact checking and fun facts. I would. And I need to, again, we're going to have to do another disclaimer for the ninth week in a row. Mm -hmm. I don't know why my fun facts keep revolving around the same topic. I am trying so hard for them not to be, (laughs) but it's just going to happen. So here we go, Maureen. So in this episode, there is something called the UCO, which is the United Commerce Organization, which Patel is a peacekeeper for i guess did you know that the original name of the organization was supposed to be the world trade organization but they had to change it because was that already taken 9-11 took (laughs) it again i'm so sorry because i'm trying so hard to not make every goddamn fun fact about 9-11 but nothing was but nothing is more fun there was a worldwide problem (laughs) we have nothing more fun
0: than 9-11 in our culture
1: Isn't that crazy though? I feel like that's like the third time we've had to bring it up because it became relevant to the storytelling. It's very interesting. And And it keeps being relevant. I just, we're not going to be able to escape
0: it. No. And I also think that it's interesting that it keeps coming up because they never address it in alias.
1: No, they really don't. And I I don't want to say that because I haven't rewatched seasons three through five but I've watched season two enough to know that I think they mentioned Osama bin Laden once. And they just like, they talk about There's 9-11 as if it was this exterior problem. <laughs> <laughs> that they aren't in the ci fucking CI fucking a <laughs> Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, sorry, future Maureen. <laughs> Love it because it's like, it
0: came so soon after a Sopranos reference. Yeah so it'll be good oh my
1: god yeah but that i i know i'm sorry one day i'm one one day it's gonna be a fun fact we were like you know what gina i like that
0: yeah maybe when it's not about 9 11 but who can be sure i'm trying so hard (laughs) trust and believe and you know what i'm trying so hard is actually a great note to end the pod on yeah do you have any recommendations for anybody Oh, thank you. Um, yes, I do. I just started it. Uh, I and I already know that I'm gonna love it. I highly recommend "Wow, No Thank You" by Sam Irby. It's an mm. essay collection. And I, even though I used to be like a, a really big reader um, when I was a kid, I don't read that as much anymore. So it's nice to have something like Sam Irby to like get me back into the flow of reading, like fiction or whatever. Um, but yeah, she's amazing. I love her. Uh, you can buy her book at barnesandnoble.com or like at any of your local bookstores if they're still carrying it.
1: Oh, you know what? Um, Harriet's bookstore in Philly, um, you can support a black owned business and also they ship out, I think all across the States. Hell yeah. Yeah. So you can just Google that.
0: In Sam Irby's um, Instagram, her handle is Bitches Gotta Eat. If you go to her page, I want to say if you click the link in her bio, it'll direct you um, to where you can buy the book and support a Black-owned bookstore. That's awesome. Yeah. It's a really good book. And I mean, I think I'm only one essay in. Probably going to be amazing. Yeah. She's a great writer and a really good like quarantine read because it talks about like societal issues but it doesn't make me feel like I really really miss going to a bar or something.
1: Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't at all to be honest. Do you have any recommendations? Um, well, I I I'm going to order some books today, so I probably will have book recommendations. I'm I really want to read all most of the Tony Morrison that I can find. Um, I found out she's an Aquarius, and I was like, "Oh, I get you." And then I was watching a documentary about her today that I thought was really awesome. Like, obviously, it's not my experience, but what she had to say about writing was really amazing. But um, I have not read those books, so my recommendation is actually um, so. "Dead to Me" on Netflix, which I know I've been talking to you about. But it is like one of my favorite shows I've ever seen. The way that they like they 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 sell they call it a trama. They they like came up with that like the cast, and it's like exactly what that is. Like if you're the type of person who needs to laugh the pain away. It's a perfect show. If 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 that's how you I I just really loved it. And it was so funny. Like you get like really good laughs out of it. And I feel like everyone for sure could use a laugh. I think so too. Yeah. All right, bud.
0: Is that it? Well that's the end. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks everyone so much for listening. Um wait one second. Okay.
1: Gretchen. Gretchen. Okay, go, yeah, go ahead.
0: Well, Ma- Maureen. Yes, hi. Hey, Gretch. Uh, s- thank you so much for having me on the pod today. No problem. And you can expect your wig of the week check and um, complimentary mug in the mail, I would say within the next four to six business days.
1: Oh, danke schön, danke schön. And I hope- to okay, Wiedersehen, Maureen. No. S- saying hi from Australia again. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Even if, because of the crazy time difference. <laughs> Fucking great. <laughs> Okay,
0: I'm going to stop recording. All right, bye. (laughs) 147 is not endorsed by J.J. Abrams, the American broadcasting company, Walt Disney Company, Amazon, or any of their subsidiaries. It is intended for entertainment purposes only and any clips, images, or names are registered trademarks and are copyrights of their respective trademark and copyright holders. Room 47 is an alien baby
1: production. mm right.